I was good with y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Chop Pod. I got my main man, Space Ghost, back with me. The dynamic duo is back. What's good with you, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Living life, feeling good, man. You know, I'm ready to chop it up on this Rockets talk. You know, like always, man, let's get it popping. Yes, sir. And then we're going to start right off with kind of the, the hot topic on Rockets social media, YouTube, Twitter, all, all the different uh, the platforms is what happened yesterday with Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, during the game. There was some clips of him on the court. Basically, he just saw Jabari pass the ball to Shangun when he called for the ball and literally just kind of just stood there, put his arms on his hips and just ignored the play. It looked like he was pouting a little bit. And then uh, later on, there was another clip of him and uh, Coach uh, Lionel Hollins kind of getting into it a little bit. And then Tari Eason had to step in to be kind of the mediator to separate them. Now, uh, you know, this this has a lot of people kind of taking sides of uh, is this something is a big deal? Is not a big deal? Is this, uh, you know, is this a, a KPJ just kind of acting out again or is it just, uh, you know, teams playing? And I'm kind of curious. You already kind of t- alluded to it on the drop that you uh, dropped today with the with the updated news from the Rockets. But we're going to try to get in depth into it and kind of talk about some of the things we've talked about before regarding these guys. So, you know, overall, what is your view of of what that moment and what we saw on the Rockets um, during the game? What does that mean to you as far as the team? Yeah, um, my take from it, bro, is just KPJ just immature at heart. Like he needs to grow up. He needs to learn that this is a team game like every possession don't have to run through you, even though you are the point guard. Like he, he just needs to grow up. And I think he has, he don't hold accountability for his own actions. So because the um, organization don't force him to be accountable and we see it like when, when he was hurt, we didn't have these type of problems. Like we didn't have, like guys was getting dejected, but it was mostly because we was getting blown out. It wasn't because we, he didn't get the ball or, you know, Jabari didn't get the ball or Jalen Green didn't get the ball. Like, he's looking like a selfish player right now. Like you said, everybody that we play against after the, the game, in their post-game interviews, they say they just need to learn how to play together. And KPJ looks like like he want to play street ball. You know, you you we all had that one guy on our team in the street ball he always want the ball. He always want to, you know, be the guy that that initiate everything and have the whole offense run through him. And that's not realistic. So I just think it's a sense of maturity. And you got to put it on a, the organization for calling him to a certain extent and Silas or Stone, whoever is doing it. One thing I am glad to see at least – Lionel Hollins, I mean, Hollins woke up like <laughs> he ain't did nothing this whole season, you know, but he right. woke up and he actually got after KPJ. And that was good to see, man. I just think if if dude don't straighten up and get his act together, he, he probably won't make it in his league too much longer. Yeah, I mean, that's to me. I'm going to blame Rafael Stone and Steven Silas for even allowing because, you know, like, again, KPJ, he's he's 22. And is it a big deal? And like, if you look at it as isolated incidents, no. But if you kind of expand out to the implications of what this means for him as a player on the Rockets and what the Rockets are basically trying to do and the patterns of things that have gone on, it's not like a huge, he didn't leave the arena, but openly pouting, pouting on the court because 
you didn't get the ball and you're supposed to be a leader. He's supposed to be one of our leaders is a bad look. And you could see a lot of the players take after that. And to me, that's a culture that's being set by Silas and Stone. And for this one specifically, unless Stone is telling Silas, don't hold guys accountable, then I'm blaming a a majority of of it on Steven Silas. Because you can't stand there as a coach and watch this happen with your arms folded and pretend that you're not seeing that. I mean, how many NBA coaches are going to watch a player do this on the court? And this is on film because they, they got to go back and watch this on film. Is he going to address it? You feel me? And, you know, it really comes down to what the Rockets have done and enabled Kevin Porter and, and given him basically the, the treatments and the, the, the things, uh, basically giving him the, the treatment of a star player without him actually doing anything in the NBA. John Wall said it, that basically they gave him the starting point guard role without him earning it. So he has a sense of ent- entitlement. And that's their approach to, I guess, somebody that has a troubled uh, past and has behavioral issues. But to me, a lot of times, those type of people, they need structure. And it's okay to love the player, but you can love them. And in the same breath, you can hold them accountable. And to me, that's love. You feel me? That's love when you're held accountable. You know what I mean? When If you really love somebody, you want them to be the, their best selves. So what the Rockets look like they're doing is they're coddling him. And to me, when you coddle, just like with children, you know, that's what, you know, me and my wife always get into discussions about discipline and stuff like that. And some people don't like discipline in their children, uh, whether whatever, whether it's time out, whether it's pops, whatever it is. But when you if you love your child, man, you're going to hold them accountable because, you know what, in real life, when they're not with you, the, the world holds them accountable. So if Kevin Porter outside of the Rockets, Letting him get away with things, just like John Wall quoted again, they were on any other team, they'd be out the league. This is an accountability issue. And we're watching this. And to me, it's rubbing off on some of the players because it's really hard to be a type of guy that has a high character and be in an environment where everybody's just kind of doing whatever they want. It's a damn shame, man. It's a damn shame for the Rockets. And honestly, I'm not, you know, KPJ is going to be KPJ. I'm still going to give him the chance to be under structure. What I mean by that is, if we get a better coach that's going to hold him accountable, and if he, let's say he does that and coach benches him and he flips out and leaves, cut him. That's always been my stance. But for this, I'm going to blame Silas, bro. Like, that's all him. Yeah, I got I got to agree with that. And you, you, you speaking on a Sunday, man. You preaching right now. <laughs> for real. Like, that's, that's all facts you're talking about right there, bro. And I want to make it clear that we're not picking on KPJ. Like, We've seen other guys, like, on simple things. They miss a rotation on defense. Jabari, he's clapping at Shangoon. He's yelling at Shangoon, you know, vice versa. Shangoon don't get a don't get the ball on a, on a pick and roll. He's throwing his arms up. He's looking around at everybody. Like, most of these guys do this, and it's a it's, it's structure that we need and it's accountability that we need to where if we're going to take another step, no matter who we bring here, if we have this type of nonsense going on, there's no chance of us being a successful team in the end. Like we're just spinning our wheels because no matter what type of talent we get over here and we allow them to act this way, then bro, it's, it's, it's going to be detrimental to the team in the long run. And, and usually these type of things, even when you get a good team and you have these type of things, you know, rooted down, deep-seated in, into your organization, they usually rear their head at the most ugliest times. You know, when it's more – the more pressure and the more crucial and the more, um, you know, 
things get tight, especially like in the playoffs, something like that. That's when these things come back to bite you, bro. And it's and it's ugly. And it's ugly when it, when we see it, bro. And it's like somebody got to come here, grab this organization by the neck, by the ears, by something, and just slap them and wake them up and be like, <laughs> man, bro, y'all cannot continue to run this organization this way. We're like a mom and pop shop, you know, c- c- compared to every other organization in the league. We're like a mom and pop shop. It's heavy rooted in nepotism. It's heavy rooted in like favoritism. Certain guys get held accountable. Certain guys don't. And it's not what you really need to be a successful organization. Everybody got to be on the right page. Everybody got to be steering the ship in the right direction. Little personal agendas. Oh, I got to get my numbers. I got to get the ball at this time to prove that I'm I'm worth being here. Like even last year, I, I made the comment to where if you, when, when Jalen Green's going off, it's like he got to insert himself into, you know, the picture to be like, hey, don't forget about me. I, I can do this, too. I, I can be that guy, too. Instead of just taking the step back and being a point guard and feeding Jalen because he got the hot hand. And I like you said, I blame that on Silas. And, and what's even more telling that Lionel Holland's the one that got up and was and was right. yelling at him. Not even Steven Silas. Steven Silas act like he didn't even see that. And for a rookie in Tari Eason to be more level-headed, you know, and breaking these guys up, because, you know, that's bad optics. Either way it go, it's bad optics. For him to have the wherewithal within himself to step up and be like, man, no, not, not here, not now, this and that, that's very, very telling about our organization, bro. And it's sad to see, man. It's sad to see on all levels. I mean, it's it's – it's, it's crazy. And if you think about it, like how we got to this point and basically at this point, it's really too late to try to be like, oh, we're going to fix this situation. The situation is, is too late at this point. That's why another, you know, aside from the offensive things, we'll, which we'll talk about in a little bit with Jabari. But as far as just the overall offensive issues, one of my biggest issues with Steven Silas's regime here in Houston is the the lack of accountability for his players especially given you got young players you got to think and and for stone he's breeded this environment let's let's look at this kevin porter jr came in here you know as a player that was traded here for basically nothing um from a team that drafted him in the first round basically giving up on him because he's had multiple incidents um there on that team i'm always down with giving players a, a second chance on life and things like that and that's cool and i'm glad that the rockets did that um, I'm glad that they allowed him to come here after that. But what what they've done since giving him a second chance is where I have an issue with. One, you bring him in, cool. You know, he's going to be groomed to be a player that's going to be a point guard. Then you draft the Jalen Green and you still um, prioritize Kevin Porter Jr.'s development over his, trying to give him different players that could play to his strengths. While that's happening, you bench John Wall to prioritize Kevin Porter's development over the collective team knowing that a player like John Wall would help everybody out, uh, even keeping a, a veteran point guard on the roster. The Rockets could even do that at a bare minimum to prioritize Kevin Porter Jr. You drafted Jabari Smith at the same time while having a Jalen Green, Alperen Shangu, and all the other guys on the roster, and you still prioritize Kevin Porter as the, the primary playmaker, the primary leader on the team. You don't bring in a veteran to help Jabari, a player that's dependent. They need somebody that can actually get into his spots, knowing KPJ's deficiencies. Out of all that, to me, the backbreaker is just not holding people accountable. 
And it's spilled over to the Jabari, to Shangun. We see all these things of guys uh, sh being demonstrative about how they feel about on the court. Steven Silas seems like the only person he wants to hold accountable and talk about is Alper and Shangun and just leaves everybody else just whatever to do whatever they want. And all, I look at all this, a lot of those moves I named were from Rafael Stone. And the question is going to be, after Stone has invested all of this time, effort, even signed Kevin Porter to a contract with no incentive to do so. Basically, he comp he competing against himself because a lot of people said, let him go to free agency and he's going to be restricted. So you could try to see what the market is. Maybe if there's a team that wants to give him money, see what that is and match that. If it's too much, just cut bait. If it's some nobody give him money, then you could give him whatever you want. But he went ahead and basically gave him a contract unprovoked that's going to be $18 million is going to eat into the cap space next year and it's going to limit our flexibility of what they, they can do in free agency and in making trades. You've invested all of this into this guy and you have allowed all of this to fester for the past few years. And now it's at a point where basically either you're going to be held hostage by him or you're going to have to cut bait from him because I just don't see if he's, if this is how he's acting in the first half of a game, that's a close game, which the Rockets are doing good in. If this is how he's acting, how are you going to act when you ask him to come off the bench? You he know what I mean? How, he ain't going to want to. He's not going to want to. That's what I'm saying. How's he going to act when you draft Scoot Henderson and Scoot is going to start? Are they going to have like a four-guard lineup to try to basically – you know what I mean? So you start thinking about the Scoot. Maybe Harden comes. Is he coming off the bench? Are the Rockets going to put themselves in a bad position on a basketball court by trying to coddle Kevin Porter Jr.? That's the question to me that like is out there. And I ain't going to lie, man. Like we everybody knows how me and you feel – a lot of the fans feel the same way. Like you, we, I love Kevin Porter Jr. Probably more than most people that are critical of him. I see the basketball talent, but to me, the fact the Rockets are the ones to blame here and they got to sleep in a bed that they've made because it's going to come to a head this off season. And if, if they make any moves based on Kevin Porter Jr., then they suck and they deserve everything they got coming to them. I hope Stone get fired. Silas, everybody. I hope Tillman lose the team. Like if they say that we're not going to draft like a Scoot Henderson because of Kevin Porter, like that, if they say we're not going to trade for this point guard because of KPJ, then, you know, whatever they got coming to them is for them, bro. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And we seen, seemed like after that play, he was, he was pretty much out of the game. He had a pretty bad game the rest of the game because he, he pouted that one time. And we see like when he get a, uh, a call that he doesn't agree with. Most of the time he'll go into a shell or something like that. And uh, I, I get where a lot of people be like, well, if Harden comes over, you know, he, he don't need to learn these bad habits from Harden and stuff like that. One thing I would say Harden do, he do, he's a, a cone on defense for the most part, but he do have value somewhere else. He, he, he brings a different type of value in, KPJ haven't proven enough to have these type of antics going on on court and upstaging the coaches and doing all. He's not worth the headache. He's not worth it in the long run. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I've, I've always been one. I, like you said, I, I am a fan of KPJ, even though I'm not going to be a stand of KPJ. I'm going to call him out when he needs to be called out, just like I do everybody else from 
Raphael Stone to, you know, Knicks from the highest person on the in the organization to the lowest. Like we're going to keep it 100. We're going to keep it a buck, bro. If you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then we're going to let you know about it. And right now, KPJ is really hampering, especially the image of KPJ, right. you know, and Stone and, and, and Silas is in, in, is enabling him to do these things. And it's, it's getting, it's getting to the point where, bro, it's, it's time out for that. It's, it's really, it's old already. Yeah, they they need to they need to step in like just hold him accountable, bro. Let's see if he can do it. To me, I would have thought this year would have been the year for it. Let's test him, put him to the fire. Like, bro, let's bench him. Let's see how he's gonna react. Cause as much as people could say about James Harden, James Harden is he gonna yell at they like James Harden. You seen how he used to treat Austin Rivers. Like, if you don't give, he's not dealing with this, bro. Like, this dude is not coming here to do that. I've seen James go off on role players like mm-hmm. hard. Like, even though he's like laissez faire, but he probably would just go to stone. Like you either you need to get him out of here or I'm out. Like, so we know how he is. He don't, he don't play that. Like, so I just don't see, you know, what they're trying to do. One of the uh, other things I wanted to talk to you about, bro. And this more on a positive note is um, the emergence of one Jabari Smith jr. If y'all haven't seen the video um, that I made uh, uh, talking about kind of how the Rockets are underutilizing or misusing Jabari, um, you can check it out. It's going to be in the description of this pod. Uh, But, Jabari's been on a tear, man. In the last four, uh, last five games uh, that he's played, this dude is averaging. Let's see, he's averaging uh, uh, in seventeen points per game, giving us about seven point two rebounds. But here's really the part that's really, uh, really, really uh, interesting: fifty four percent from the field from t- uh, overall, and forty five percent from three on four attempts. And this, to me, is is really, really promising for him because obviously we know Jabari has struggled a lot, and there's you know there's a lot of reasons why he he can struggle. But one of the things that I've seen, bro, is that in the past few games, he's been shooting less threes, right? He's been shooting less threes. And also he's been kind of having a more diverse uh, shot diet uh, with, with on the, on the court. And like he said in the post game conference, after I think the game where he dropped 30 points um, that he just feels more comfortable uh, now, what do you attribute? Like, what have you seen from what Jabari's doing? Uh, in these past few games to see the difference in him in how he's playing? Like, what what have you seen from watching him that you think is something that's impacting that? You know, I got to take his word at face value. I think, in fact, he is getting more comfortable. He is finding his shots. And I I guess I will give a little credit to to Silas because I've seen him try to deliberately get him the ball in in the elbow, in in a high pose. You know, on a low block to get him a little bit closer to the goal. Now, I don't think you know that's all on Silas. I think mostly a lot of that is like Jabari just saying, "Hey, man, I know where I'm comfortable at, and I'm gonna get here and I'm gonna do what I what I need to do to help out the team, no matter what the play is drawn up." Because I can see a lot of those times. I think he's supposed to be just in the corner, bro. But when he get the ball, he'll drive it to where he want it to be, and he's recognizing. Like, damn, I'm I'm seven foot. Everybody's almost shorter than me out here. Like, even he had a quote, like he like it kind of rubbed him the wrong way that they had Patrick Beverly guarding him or uh Caruso guarding him. Like he even came out and commented, like, yeah, I kind of took that personal because they think I'm a scrub or something that they could just put these little guys on me. And that's killer mentality, you know, that's that 
Kobe mentality. Like you just take anything as an insult to you. And I'm 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 loving the way he's starting to be more aggressive, doing everything. I I didn't see him try to put uh, do a put back dunk all season. But these last games, it's like he's not even trying to come down with the ball half the time. He's trying to put it right back in the rim as soon as he get the ball off the rebound. And everything about it is screaming that he's getting more comfortable. You know, he's he's starting to figure it out. It's starting to click to him. And if I wasn't uh, crazy, I would say, bro, like <laughs> maybe somebody's over there in the organization watching your 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 uh, breakdowns or something, bro. <laughs> people, because people, they are people actually, been telling me that, bro. <laughs> bro, they are <laughs> actually starting to do exactly what you you know you was you know pointing to in all of those videos, bro. Like they are actually starting to do it, man, and that's big. At least they're waking up to the fact and realizing what type of guy they have in Jabari. Yeah, I think the the diversity of his, his shot that is what is sustainable for him if you look at his shot chart a lot of the games that he had good games prior to this stretch was just he had a lot of threes so he might get hot from three one game maybe he took eight threes and uh he dropped five of them so he had like 20 some points but if you look at this past few games it's been everywhere man this dude's getting like you said on the rebounds he's using his height getting rebounds getting putbacks he got long arms keeping the ball high um, he's in a mid range in the past, you know, they're giving him post touches now consistently. They've even been running. If you've noticed, bro, pick and rolls with him and Shangoon and dribble handoffs with him and Shangoon. So to me, like it's, it's been apparent, like if you're going to have him just shoot threes all the time, the dude's going to struggle because all these rookies, they all suck at shooting threes. Like this, is one of the things transferring from college or, uh, whatever league your G League to come into the NBA to have the leg strength when you're trying to guard, you're playing longer minutes, you're playing back to back to back, back to back, and your body isn't used to the wear and tear of being in the NBA. So them threes, you're gonna suck at them. That's why to me the post All Star break reason these guys pop is because they get a, a nice little break in between, so they they muscles and they body come back and are able to like be able to perform at a at a higher level and their their body's used to it. So. I wasn't surprised that he would do good. In fact, I said that if he didn't start doing good, I'd be concerned because usually if they are decent, you know, if you're a top five pick, that post all-star break, uh, break bump is real. You know, all these guys should look better because basically this is their second season. Um, it goes back to me, like, why he has to do what you said, which is find his offense within the offense is because the Rockets are basically uh, running offense that is, is guard-driven. And if, if you look at it, it doesn't matter who the guard is. It could be Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Hell, it could be Dacia Nix. It could be Tate. Whoever is uh, is the ball handler, the facilitator, is going to determine what happens on that court. We saw this with Jalen Green, uh, his rookie year when in the first half of the season where everybody else was, was getting shots up and, and, and aside from him, and he had to wait in the corner until he had enough confidence to assert himself and start coming out there and getting the ball from those guys, that's when he started being able to do what he wanted to do to the point where him and Kevin Porter were splitting it down the middle. But if you looked at it, at the same time while that was happening, everybody else had a decrease in their shots, whether it's KJ, all the other role players, to the point where after they benched Christian Wood because uh, they were going to trade him, Tate went down. It was just Jalen and Kevin Porter cooking in the last few games of the season and everybody else was just like helping them out. The problem with this approach is that when you draft another Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith, 
you can't use them like those other guys. I don't want to see Jabari like uh, Kenya Martin Jr. While Jalen and Kevin Porter are cooking, averaging 50 points per game, your third overall pick is sitting there looking like he's just another role player. And that's a structure thing. That's a Silas thing. This dude said he doesn't run play, uh, plays for this kid. That's a damn shame because now you messing with his confidence because now he has to basically argue the ball with KPJ, with Jalen, with Shangun. And I'm glad that he's starting to be more assertive because it's sad that it has to be like you got to like take it from the guys or you're not going to get it. And that whole AAU street ball approach the Rockets have, this is a perfect example of it. They don't have intentionality in what they're trying to do. Like their game plan is just like let the guards basically dictate everything. They may have certain things they like to do, but it's still going to be based on what Dacia Nix, Kevin Porter, Jalen Green, when it was Eric Gordon, it was him, whoever. If Jalen and KPJ is out, Nick's having 20 shots. He's going to touch the ball 80 times. If he out, it's going to be uh, tied. Whoever it is, they're just going to keep moving it up the food chain. So right now, I'm hoping, bro, like if they get a new coach, man, a system that's going to help everybody out, where it's not based on who you are. It's based on what helps the Rockets win games. And if, if you're going to be a star player, if Jalen pops off and he's a star, then, yeah, he's going to get the most shots and do everything like that. But at the same time, you want other guys to be able to use their talents to help the team win. Facts, facts. And I don't have no qualms of like if, if a guy got a hot hand, go ahead and ride him. You know, go ahead and ride that hot hand until it get cold or whatever like that. But I want to see more emphasis on movement and and like back cuts, we we don't see no back cuts drawn up for nobody. Like if the guy don't move like then hey, ain't, ain't nobody moving. That's a dead possession. You know what I'm saying? Like if you see as a coach, you see that the way the defense is playing a certain group of guys, you know, you should have these plays drawn up to where hey, we can get these guys moving this way, like intentional movement. Like structured movement to where it'll confuse the defense like it's so many back cuts and screens and all type of things to do and like like how you did the the uh video for the warriors and like how they'll set up a look to just to get somebody else a, a clear cut to the basket way on the other side under the rim in a far corner that you don't even you know see him and it's just that action we need more actions like the, these DHOs and everything, yeah, they're good if you got elite, elite guards. Our guys are not just I want I, I don't want to call them dumb, bro. I really don't. But <laughs> <laughs> but their their IQ is not there yet, you know, to see hey, this is how they plan is on the DHO, and I see this man in front of me, then that guy's is automatically open in the corner, skip past it over there or whatever. Like we need more of of a of a true structured offense that these guys can grasp and actually get these guys going. And that's why I'm all for like a guy like Kenny Atkinson or M.A. Adoka. We've seen how those offenses are run and they run sufficiently, especially Atkinson. You know he's going to bring over a Warriors type offense. Just like Mike Brown went to Sacramento and he implemented that. Now they're the number one scoring team in the league just off of those actions and they get so many easy buckets, you know, easy buckets. I just don't want to see our guards 
have to work or anybody have to work as hard as they do right now to get points, bro. It's, it should be way easier than than what we make it out to be. Yeah, and definitely right. I think one thing I have liked, Jalen Green's been playing really, really well these past few games, and really he's just been getting downhill, getting to the to the basket. Cause and that's really um I'm hoping he's seeing that. Like, bro, you're just like Jabari. I think Jalen's being misused. He's shooting way too many damn threes as well. Like these dudes, like it's they're not just spot up shooters. And when I did that video um with the uh Jabari thing, I was looking at some of the other play types for some of our other guys and how they're being used. Jalen Green's being used. You know who his if I looked at the Dallas Mavericks that Coach Silas was assistant on, and I looked and I compared all their uh their charts, you had uh Jalen being used in the same play types as uh as uh uh Hardaway Jr. That's basically what he's getting. A lot of uh spot up threes, a lot of shots uh in in you know in transition and a little bit of pick and roll uh with him as well. Do you look at uh Shangoon and uh Jabari? They're being used like Maxi Kle- Maxi Kleber, like centers, role players. Tari and them, all of them are just role players. The only player on the Rockets that has a Luca profile, guess who? Gotta be KPJ. Gotta be KPJ. ISOs, pick and rolls. That's his profile. And he, they're using him just like Luka Doncic in the same way. So they're trying to build a mini Dallas, but I just don't see that because we don't have the parts for that. One, we don't have a Luka. We don't have all the, those type of players. In fact, we have guys, to me, that are more talented collectively. And if if that is on, uh, Coach Silas's only trick, and this is, to me, this is why, I'm, you know, y'all know I didn't, I was, somebody said I never wanted to tell a man he needs to lose his job. But it's gotten to a point, bro. I'm I'm cool with it, bro. Get him out of here. Get somebody that's gonna be you remember remember space when I was yeah, you leading the charge uh, now, huh, Frank? Nah, <laughs> I'm gonna make a shirt, bro. Remember when remember I used I used to be like, man, you know, I ain't gonna, you know, get a man about his job and he gotta feed his family. Damn that. Then I found out he's making three and a half mil. Bro, I pack his bags for him, bro. You get in the yeah. bag. You get yeah. you could have we we could have coached the team. This was they wanted. <laughs> You know, game plan. I would have got my little whiteboard just right on there. Go hoop with a <laughs> We roll like, the ball out. Y'all figure roll it, it out. out. Y'all figure it out. I know they do stuff. You know, I know people gonna be like that. We know they're they're coaches. We know Coach Silas is a smart man. Coach Lana Hollis. They have a staff, and this is no shot at their basketball knowledge. But at the end of the day, the NBA is an outcome driven league. And at that, you know, if and I'm not even looking at wins and losses. I'm looking at development. I'm looking at utilization. How they playing these dudes. And it's not a coincidence for two consecutive seasons, the Rockets' top pick has been the worst player in the NBA for the first half of the season. And that's a damn shame because to me, even though you might say, well, they figure it out, at the end of the day, that impacts their quote-unquote, like their trajectory because they're behind the curve for everybody. Jabari's been slandered for months now. That impacts his all-rookie team votes. That impacts whether he's going to be, you know, one of the top people in his class being ready to come out of uh, next year. I know it's not a, about how they start, but how they finish. But at the end of the day, you give a kid a running start, then by next year, you can expect more from them. At this point, we just happy when Jabari makes shots. People actually cheer when this man make an open three-pointer. That's how down bad it is. And it, to me, it, it never needed to be like that for the Rockets, bro. It never needs to be like that. It, to me, that, that's one of the biggest things that they've done. Because now coming into next season, where we expect these dudes to produce outcomes of wins, it's really going to be hard a hard thing for them to do. Because 
this whole time they've been getting away with doing bad stuff on the court. But I do like the way they've been playing recently. I do think that um, this all-star break has been good for them. I am going to give the coaching staff some, you know, some love for that. Whatever they're doing is working. And to me, it's kind of a little bit, it's kind of reflective in how all the guys are coming together. And it may be a reason why Kevin Porter is feeling like he's been left out because other guys are starting to eat. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Totally. 100%, man. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm just hoping it's not like a one or two game sample size. I want to see it continue, uh, continue out all the way through the end of the season, man. And hopefully we can go into off season, you know, feeling a little bit better than what we presently felt. Right. You know, like I'm hoping I'm, I'm, I'm hoping bro. Like, but accountability, number one thing on the, on the list, we need accountability. Even even because even if they're messing up, you know, you can still get back and hustle on defense. You can still go back and 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 try again. Like sometimes it feel like when they mess up, they think it's just the end of the world. Like and they just end up just giving up. Bro, you need to be coached up. Like these guys need to be coached up, man. That's that's how I feel about it. Like accountability, we need structure. And I think we'll be good, bro. I think we'll be good. Yes, sir. On that note, I'm going to go ahead and end this, but appreciate space. Y'all check out the post-game lives. Uh, He does a great job, man. Y'all check out the post-game lives. If y'all need something to do after the Rockets games, you need somewhere to vent, uh, get in the chat. You can even come up and speak if you want to. So our post-game lives on the Chop Shop, you're going hard. Check out the new videos we dropped. Space just dropped a video. Um, Kind of a quick news snippet about uh, the KPJ situation. Look out for those. He'll be doing more of those um uh little news updates i told him uh, uh earlier that remind me of the mtv news updates with the dun, 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 dun. i don't know if y'all remember that from if y'all are old enough y'all remember mtv news with kurt loader and them boys but uh appreciate you brother man i'm glad that we got to knock this out real quick man yeah appreciate it man you know it's always a, a joy to come in and chop it up with my boy frank man i i love to do this like i always said man i couldn't see myself doing this with with no other person man like like I rocks with you, man. For real. Yes, I rocks sir. with you, bro. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate that. On that note, shout out to the CSGs. We're going to end this pod, man. Go Rockets. Go Rockets.